0: This podcast is a podcast radio original.
1: This is podcast radio. I'm Mark Pendergast. And today's guest, Judy Love, is a stand up comic and has appeared across a plethora of panel shows, most famously, Loose Women. We talk here about her career, about her forthcoming tour, and the pressure that brings with it. But we started off, as we're fresh into 2023, with her New Year's resolution, which was all about exercise and how she's fallen back in love with it.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. I've got a love, a new love for boxing.
1: Tell us about this boxing. what? what you just go around hitting people or is it just like a, more of a gym thing?
0: No, you know what it is? You know, we know that January is coming a lot of people are setting, you know, resolutions and trying to find ways to live healthier and happier, but it stopped at just January. So, you know, for me from last year to now, it's definitely about self care. and One of the things I have found that I love is boxing. And I think that's really important because better than health as, you know, research and seeing that one in four don't know the right exercise for their body. So they don't find the right activity that works for them. And then they, they don't actually enjoy it. So for me, on my personal journey, I found something that I love and that keeps me inspired to keep trying to exercise.
1: It's that thing, isn't it? January hits and I was at the gym early morning a week or so ago and it was busy. I'm talking like 6.30 in the morning. It was packed full of people and a lot of them looked fairly miserable. I think the mistake people make is they go in, absolutely hammer themselves so it physically hurts and it feels horrible. They don't think about just gradually easing themselves in and doing something that's sustainable and enjoyable.
0: Yeah, sustainable is the word. It's, you know finding those everyday things. Maybe instead of doing the school run or pop to the shop, instead of driving, maybe take a walk. Maybe when you're out in buildings, instead of using the lift, use the stairs. It's all those kind of ways. One of the things I find for me is, like, you know, I do things with my kids in the house. Like a couple of days ago, we were doing some exercise. But because my son's 13, he loves games. So if I say, okay, you've got to do like jumps, the most jumps you could do in 30 seconds, and then his sister does it, I does it. It, it. To him, it's a game, but then after 10 minutes, I've done a bit of exercise. So it's all those ways. And it's, it's, it's more about thinking about it as a lifestyle than just a temporary thing.
1: Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it, where you decide, right, I'm going to join the gym. So you join the gym, then you've got to go to the gym, get changed at the gym, and then do yeah. your exercise, get changed back, get a shower, and get, you know, you're talking maybe an hour either side, depending on where you live. Definitely. it's it's definitely it's that thing isn't it just fitting it in and around your lifestyle and doing doing lots of bits rather than just that one big thing
0: yeah definitely and the thing is as well which you know with this with what better than health is is launching is that it reminds you exercise is is a positive impact not only on your physical health but your mental well-being as well it's it's, taking this time for yourself and you know, you don't know what's going on with you subconsciously. And sometimes that exercise just allows you to to excel and to feel a bit more focused and get you on the right track. If I don't, if I, yeah, definitely I see a pattern myself. If I don't exercise for a couple of weeks, I, I feel the difference mentally and physically.
1: It's kind of like program to move, aren't we? Were originally hunter-gatherers that's why yeah. yeah, so we going not go wait. obviously evolutionary wise so if we don't move you can see why it will be de- depressing as well as being not good for you physically
0: yeah definitely and and now i think people are realizing that a lot now especially what we have been through i mean half 55 percent of the uk population is currently prioritizing their health and this is important and i think it starts from the small things within your home that is better for you as time goes on instead of just trying to find all these big commitments, spending money on, on on gym and you're not using it, buying all these equipments and you're not using it. I start from at home. You
1: obviously are active now. How has that helped in your performances and what you're doing? Because you must be incredibly busy.
0: I am really busy and I think, you know, there's weeks sometimes, you know, a couple of weeks might go past, but it's always there. It's always there in my mind to do something. And especially, you know, this year I've got my tour coming up, which starts in March. The one like Judy Love tour all the way until October. And, you know, traveling around the whole of the UK, one of the priorities for me is to try and um, get as much physical exercise. That helps me mentally as well because, you know, when you're on the road, it's it, it, it takes up a lot of energy. So it's about stamina. It's, I know everyone thinks about weight loss, but it's about strength, your core strength, stamina, being able to travel a lot, being on stage for an hour and, and just getting myself prepared for that.
1: I don't think people realize do you stand-up comedy it's a it's a very serious business. I think there is some people who, even listening now, maybe a little bit naive, think you just stroll on stage, tell a few funny stories, walk off. Can you give us an insight into the the grind that goes into you putting together this tour? Have you had like a pre tour just to work things yeah. out and then writing and everything else? How many hours a day are you spending doing this?
0: I mean, the writing is is one thing. It, you know, you can go for your stage. Oh my gosh, I've got get hour, I've got get an hour, and then. You, you get bits and you're developing it. And it's constant, like, you know, memory. It's your memory that you're having to work on and being able to be consistent with the jokes, having a plan with the, the hour, knowing where it starts and how it ends. You know, sometimes you want a story that travels throughout it. It's 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 quite a lot. And you need, as a stand-up comedy comedian, you need that response back. You, you say a joke people have to laugh back. It's not a performance where it's still. And there's movement. I'm quite physical in my comedy. I move up and down the stage, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a long process, and it's an enjoyable process, but it's one that you really have to focus on. So having that time out for myself to exercise, to clear my mind really helps, you know. So, And this is my first UK tour, so getting in the mode for that will be amazing. I've had pre-warm-up shows as well, and I will be doing a few more as well. So talk
1: before us. My... Sorry, go on.
0: Before March the eighteenth, before my first show in Liverpool.
1: So talk us through that process. You start on March the eighteenth. When did you start first thinking about your show and then writing that? And then what was the? How many pre-shows have you done? If you like, just to fine tune the material.
0: Wow, well, I think I've been thinking about my tour for the last couple of years. To bonus review, we had, but we had the pandemic, and then after that, it was. It's just all about timing the right timing for venues, the right timing for when you feel like you've got more of a story to tell and fine tuning your your set. I, I think most comedians never feel like it's completely, completely finished because it depends on the topics that come on that month or things that change in your life in a week. But you have that foundation. And in fact, by the time you're on tour, you've probably got a, a full set, but you always add bits in. So, yeah, I've got, maybe what eight weeks or a little bit more till my my tour starts and i'm still going through my stuff and and just you know adding new bits retuning refining we have just share excitement nervousness and every other emotion that i can think of
1: do you feel the pressure because it's your first tour
0: No, I'm not going to say pressure, I feel nervous and because nervousness is always good to have. It just means that it's so important to you And, and maybe there is subconscious pressure there. That's why the boxing comes in handy. But I really try to focus on the 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 goal, which is just to make people feel have a space where they just filled with some joy and laughter. I just focus on on that and and how amazing it is that i can actually say i've got a tour in the uk it that alone blows my mind
1: which one are you looking forward to most is it a hometown gig or which one is it
0: yeah definitely all them. but i am definitely looking forward to hackney empire hackney empire was one of the first theaters i ever went to as a child and i was born there and it's in london so to go there and perform my first UK tour London show there it's definitely like coming home you know I've, I've been there with my mum with my aunties I've seen some of the best black comedians performing there and and that was a cultural hub for a lot of West Indian and African people in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s where there'd be shows there that would be put on where we could, you know, as a community, see ourselves, our culture, and and, and it was embraced by other cultures as well. So that is, is something that I really hold dearly to my heart.
1: Is it something you sat there when you were a kid, maybe in the audience, and thought, one day I'll be on that stage? I'm thinking, like, as a kid, when you look at a football or something like that, one day I'll play on that pitch. Was it like that for you, or has it just evolved?
0: I mean, I definitely looked, I, I, I do remember walking past at the Empire and, and walking, going there, you know, seeing all the mums and the kids and the dads and, and that that buzzing feeling of of being on that, watching people on the stage. And I do remember feeling like, wow, like that feeling, I wasn't sure what it is I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to give other people that feeling. And so, yes, going back there is, I'd probably be emotional on the night once it's finished. You did live at the it's Apollo. It's such a major thing, especially for my family as well.
1: You did live at the Apollo recently. What's the difference in the dynamic of that? Walking out on a stage to a theatre, a big audience to, you know, what the, the comedy club where you're interacting with the audience more and things like that. How, what's the different dynamic? How do you change your approach for it?
0: You know, Live at Apollo, man, I'm just thinking of it now, walking out. it's it's Because it is for performance, you still can have people from the front that you can have a conversation with. With the smaller ones, it's so much more intimate. But I think the initial thought when you walk out into Live at Apollo, is like, oh, my gosh, the, it just doesn't stop a row of people. And it's, you know, that first laugh, and it, it, it roars from the bottom of, of the seats all the way up to the top to the ceiling and comes back round to you. And it's just an amazing feeling. You've got three thousand people, different ages, different cultures, different backgrounds, all connecting for the love of comedy. It, it is truly an amazing feeling.
1: What is it like doing a show? This is—I mean, this is your first tour. But you—you you go into a show where people are paying to see you, and they—they they love you, and they—they they want to part with their money to see you in particular. When you go to a club, it's more a case of you're on stage, you entertain me. Is, what's what's the different feeling with that? Is it do you like do you prefer the little bit more combative of the club or have you got to adapt well, your style?
0: The club's always is that's that's really great you as a comedian to learn how to navigate through different audiences it's it's a must to do the clubs but there's always that sense of you know love and achievement and and just warmth when you step out on a stage that people have specifically come to see you like they are homed into your personality your persona your way of seeing the world and, and intrigued by you. And, and and that is such a compliment and something that I'm so blessed and, and, and grateful
1: for. Is it something like you're doing the show where it's your show and you're selling the tickets for it, where it's something that's slick and smooth and you do the, the club stuff almost to keep you on your toes and to keep you sharp, if you like?
0: Well, you do. You always do the small clubs. That's for you to go for your material for you to practice. But each comedian's different. Some comedians do their their tour shows in a a relaxed comfortable way you know they have more of a conversation with your audience so you know if people see me before they know that i like to engage with my audience and you know we're talking about relatable stuff so each person each person's different
1: what are you most looking forward to on this tour What, what would be the one thing you're hoping to achieve from this
0: See my stamina, last. That's what, no. I' so it's, I'm, the, it's I'm, the
1: world's hardest fitness test, basically, going on tour for a is, couple of months.
0: I'm looking forward to, oh, man, that feeling of walking out and just, you know, just just greeting everybody and, and knowing that we're here to just have a good time. I'm definitely looking forward to my first show. I'm looking forward to all the shows and knowing that I've gone to different cities in the UK and 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 being myself and just appreciating each other from the audience to me and and that's what's amazing
1: do you have a grand plan do you have a big plan i remember a few years ago i interviewed one of the members of the band the script and i asked him how big do you want to be and immediately just went stadium big have you got have you got a grand plan like that
0: my plan is just to live with purpose and as long as i do that which is sharing you know my performance skills which is stand up and laughter then I think that will open up to whatever is, is meant to be for me, whether that's stadiums, whether that's another tour, whether this tour going longer, whether that's internationally and just being present in that. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that the laughter can extend into new grounds, new areas, new people, new demographics and, and just continue.
1: Well, it's fantastic speaking to you. I wish you luck with your tour and I wish you luck with the boxing as well. Maybe there'll be some kind of celebrity match up there. I don't know
0: i would just say to people find a, a, a sport or a exercise that you love know that it's not just for january it can be a lifestyle and there's so many different ways that you can implement this into your life just go on to better than Health website and have a search on there and, and and fall back in love with exercise and make yourself a priority
1: it reminds me of that thing where people say, a dog's not just for Christmas, it's for life. So exercise is not just for January, it's for life. It's for life, definitely. You can, you can have that slogan on me. You can stamp it. Yeah, I'll oh, thank
0: you so much. That's
1: thank all right. Yeah, I'll only take 15%. Thank you.
0: You sound like a proper manager.
1: Judy Love speaking on podcast radio.
0: My name's Adam Sokol, and I'm the host of the Passions and Prologues podcast. Every week, best-selling authors like Jenny Jackson, Rebecca Mackay. Lisa Scottolini or Brad Meltzer come on to my show to talk about, yes, their new books, but more importantly, the things that they're crazy passionate about. We've talked about the Muppets, powerlifting, traveling, gardening, home improvement, and so much more. We dig into why these things are their passions, how they inspire their writing, and where they came to fall in love with these random assorted things. Be sure to subscribe to the Passions and Prologues podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And check out evergreenpodcast.com dot com to learn more.